Amen. Our God is so great. And what a joy to, uh, to worship God with you this morning. Um, our God is God of a turning point. He's working. He's working all around the world in human history and church history and um, our personal history. This morning, I want to share uh, to talk about uh, God is working. He's making changes, not only in our personal life, um, in, in human history, in our church life as well. And when you look at the Gospel of John, uh, we find at least three turning points. There are many more, but let me address three turning points that is very important. One is global turning point, something God is doing in human history, beyond we can comprehend. Second is God is working through his church, community of disciples who are proactive, serving God. Third is a personal turning point. Something happened to the per- life of the person. First, let's read John chapter 1, verse 14. Let's read together. One, two, three. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, and glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You might like John three sixteen, but I like 1, 14. It is my favorite verse. How can we comprehend God God of the universe, God of creation, he took a human form. It's something human has never heard before. He took the human form and he came dwell among us. He didn't come to visit us. I came to visit you. But our God, we thought who is so far away from us, he came to tabernacle. That's the word. He came to live among us. Even the closest relative, and one day they will depart from us. God intervened in human history, and it is a global turning point. We call it Christmas. There was 400 years of silence. Israel was, Israel was in darkness, but God came as a human form. Why? Because we need the glory of God. Every day we need the glory of God, but no one can see God. If we see God, we will die. But presence of Jesus Christ among us at least help us to experience the grace and truth. There are many ways we can describe the glory of God. But in Gospel of John, if you allow, if we allow God to be in human history, people will experience grace and the truth of God. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. It is a vision, ultimate vision of Jesus Christ. Jesus had a vision when he walked on the, world, on the earth and when we work for God's kingdom. He had a vision. Vision is something that will happen in the future. But he was seeing it in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. It says this, at the end, all nation, all tongues, all people group, all tribe will come together, clothed with the white robes. We're not wearing our own cultural clothes. We will worship the Lamb of God. I was born in Korea. I spent 15 years of my life in Korea. I spent 19 years of my life in the United States. I went to UCLA and the Talbot. And then I went to Thailand for the last over 21 years. Who am I? I'm confused. See, in God's kingdom, our identity is not defined by our ethnicity. God defined us as a, his loving people, his disciple. 
God intervened in human history. He's working. Do not worry about what is happening around the world, whether it's political issues and economical issues. God has intervened in global history. He came as a human being, as a God. He is presenting to you and I, to all human beings, the grace and the truth. And this Jesus, who came as human being, spent three years of his life pouring out his life. And he's giving the gospel of grace and gospel of truth. And he's saying, after he was crucified on the cross, he died on the cross for you and for me to redeem us from the sin, that we will have an eternal glory with Jesus. And he was resurrected. When he was resurrected, he gave us a special assignment to the church. We call the turning point of the community of believers. John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus, Jesus said to them, disciple, again, it's not a one time, he spoke again, peace be with you. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. God, sending you here is a plural, talking about community of believers. God is sending crossway. God is sending his churches around the world. We thank God that 2007, Pastor Steve and some of the dedicated founding members decided to be sent out from the church, another church and start a new church. And we were a part of it. My wife and my two children in 2007 uh, was a part of the uh, early church in Crossway. We were sent to the cross-culturally going to Thailand. We were able to start five churches. We have to learn the language. And I frequently address that I married the three times. You're not surprised. I married three times. First, 40 years ago, I married the Jesus. I came to know Christ. I don't date with the Jesus. I married to Christ. Second, 28 years ago, I married to the most beautiful woman in the world, my wife. Whether you believe it or not, I, she's the most beautiful woman in the world. If I don't say it, I will die in her home. So, man, be careful what you say. <laughs> We're falling in love with each other. But 31 years ago, I went to church, but I never understood what does it mean marrying with the church. I married to the church. I love church. Do you love church? I love big church, small church, underground church, Korean church, American church, Thai church, Japanese church, Malaysian church, and Ghana, Africans. I love church. Because Jesus said, I love you so much, I trained you, now I'm sending you. I'm so grateful Irvine has a, a, a church down here through the crossway. God has been blessing, blessing us so much, we were able to start a small seminary in Thailand, equip people who will serve the church. Through your support, you have been supporting us. You probably don't know, some of you. You've been praying for us through equipping and training Pastors and servants were able to plant more than 50 to 60 churches around Thailand. Some are Muslim churches, some are Buddhist churches, some are in Laos church. And you have been part of it. And God has asked us to go. We're sending you. But when you go, you don't go by your own strategy or your own money, your own power. All the authority in heaven and earth. And promise of Jesus said, I'll be with you wherever you go. 
And then Jesus said, Holy Spirit, come upon you. Then you can go anywhere. This morning, God is asking you, God is asking us as a church, let's go to campus. Let's go to workplace. Let's go to the streets and neighbors because he's sending us so can, we can take the gospel of grace and truth. Even in America, Christianized country, still thousands and thousands and millions of people who need Jesus. Our seminary started from the living room and grew um, by God's grace to the point where we outgrew the capacity of our building that we've been renting for the last 15, 16 years. There's one thing that I'm, I am praying for, Crossway Irvine, that Irvine Crossway will have a problem. The problem is space is too small. And you have to add chairs every Sunday, 10 or 20 more. Amen? I hope that it will happen because he's sending us. So we did a groundbreaking because we need a new facility, not for the sake of building itself. It's nothing, but we use it, equip leaders for the youth ministry, children ministry, adult ministry, cross-cultural ministry. We want to evangelize people because Christ has given us message and power for us to go. Go, I'm sending you. This is a turning point of the church. We used, in, before then, church was waiting people to come. Now Jesus is saying, I'm sending you. I'm sending your children. I'm sending you to the workplace. 2017, okay, um, you might not be able to see clearly, uh, about 8 o'clock evening and Saturday, I was driving and somebody came and hit my car. It was a car accident. Somebody drove the motorcycle. And the one who drove the motorcycle went to the hospital, had some stitches and bleeding. And we reported the police right away. And usually, you know, we talk to the uh, insurance agent or you call the lawyer, and it, it can become a legal issues. But as i praying about it, and God spoke to me, this is an opportunity for me, for me to share the gospel. Even the car accident, collision that happened is an opportunity for God to send, me, send to the person who need to hear the gospel. I was called to go to a police station. And the first time in my life, I went to the police station. And we were called to negotiate each other. It was not a big accident. So I met this boy who was driving a motorcycle. He was only 12 years old without any license. I said, I'm looking at my car. The cost of repairing is probably about 5,000 baht. 5,000 baht is about $170, $180. It's not a lot, but in Thailand, it's a lot of money. I went to him and said, uh, you, I won't press charge you. I won't bring any legal issues. Maybe at least you can pay this money. He said, I cannot pay. So I asked, uh, where's your mom? Where's your daddy? So my mom and my daddy divorced when I was five years old. Okay, to be a good man, I'm a Christian. So I told him, I will pay at least half of it. You pay the other half. I'll pay 2,500, and you pay 2,500, and we'll deal in front of the police. And policeman says, I have never seen such a generous man. So I had a testimony to share with the policeman who was sitting there. Um, and he said, no, I don't have money. So I said, how much do you have? He said, I have only 1,000. But before, the night before, I went to 
train st uh, the police station, God spoke to me and prepared the Bible and some gospel track. Daniel, I'm going to send you. I'm sending you to this boy. Not just to clear up the, you know, the car accident collision happened, but I'm sending you to share the gospel. So I said, I'll take the 1,000 baht. That's all you have. I will pay out of my own pocket 4,000. But I, I promised him again. I took the picture with him. Unfortunately, we met in the police station because of a car accident. But next time we meet, I want you to meet in the church. I will pray for you. His name is little boy, teenager, Bam, Bam, B-A-M. I'm praying for him. I took the picture, it's in my iPhone. Because I believe God sent me. God sent me to speak to this young man. So legally, we cleared everything up and I, I didn't press charge him, but I said, next time we'll meet, we'll meet in the church. I wrote about this, his story in my prayer letter. So I went back home, I, put, I gave my car to a repairman and mechanic. It took about a week and he brought the receipt back to me. And I was shocked to see the number that I see in the receipt. I was expecting at least 5,000, maybe 6,000, but the cost of a repair was 800 baht. So I made 200 baht. Through that story, God is teaching me even unfortunate accident can be an opportunity for God to send me to share the gospel. I don't know you about your personal conditions, your personal situation. Even in the midst of a hard time, if you speak to, if you hear God's voice and God is sending you and God will use you. I'm so grateful for the crossway. God is sending crossway. After Jesus spoke to his disciple in the whole church, Jesus is having personal conversation with Peter. Peter went back home. According to his occupation, catching fish, he caught nothing. But Jesus gave a direction. Even though Peter was expert in fishing, Peter obeyed the voice of Jesus, and he caught, more, he caught 153 fish. After catching fish, Jesus invited Peter to have a breakfast. This is one of the most important breakfasts he would never forget in his life. I don't know what you had in the, in this morning for your breakfast. But Jesus had a fish and the bread. I'm so thankful that Jesus did not bring the chicken. If Jesus brought a chicken, I don't think Peter, I think Peter will have a stomachache because he denied Jesus three times. But he brought fish and the bread, reminding what has happened two or three years ago. Rather than bringing, magnifying Peter's failure, Jesus never said, you disappointed me. You failed me. Just bringing in those fish and bread remind power of Jesus, able to feed more than 5,000 with the two fish and five loaves of the bread. Jesus is reminding Peter, my power, my ability is bigger than your failure, your mistake, your sin. And then Jesus initiates a conversation. Our Jesus is a master of asking questions. There's more than 600 questions that you see in the Bible. He asks questions. Peter, 
This is a personal turning point. Maybe you need a personal turning point this morning with your life. Jesus asked three times, Peter, do you love me? He's asking you and I. Daniel, do you love me? Steve, do you love me? Karen, do you love me? He's asking us. Not just one time, three times. Three means completion. It's not to even with Peter because he denied three times. Because Jesus want to make sure that Peter understands. By asking questions, Jesus is expressing his heart to Peter. Peter, I love you. My love is bigger than your failure. Don't dwell in your past failure. He's speaking to you and I. Move on. I love you. I love you. My love is bigger than your failure, your sin. Because I just died on the cross. Christ has redeemed. The reason is, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, John, who wrote the Gospel of John, is saying this, we love Jesus. Why? Because he first loved us. Greatest commandment God has given to you and I is what? Love your God. Love Jesus with all our heart, with all our mind, all our souls, everything that we have. Love Jesus. That was a turning point of Peter's life. As soon as Peter answered, Jesus gave an assignment. We call it a mission. Feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Tender my sheep, shepherd my sheep, pastor my sheep, three times. How do you know you and I, we love God? When we tender, when we pastor his sheep. There's a misconception that exists in the church. Only Pastor Steve and Pastor John and other pastors are pastoring the crossway. But if you love Jesus, you are pastor. God has already called you as a pastor. When I went to seminary, there was understanding, in order to be a pastor, you have to go to seminary so that you will be ordained. But today I'm giving you a new paradigm. If you love Jesus, God has already called you as a pastor. You are pastor. Because you're a pastor, you need to go to seminary. And nobody's saying Amen. Or you're afraid to say amen. Everybody is called to take care of somebody. And you have to be a pastor in your home. I'm a pastor in my home. Yes, I'm a pastor in the church. But you're a pastor in your workplace. Take care of people that Jesus loves so much. And this transformed Peter's life. It was greatest turning point in his life. The reason God gave you a big house and nice car so that you can take care of God's people. So when I speak in different locations, different country, I usually say this, if God, God bless you and you have an opportunity to buy a house, buy a big house, as long as you can manage it. But when you buy the big house, you need to open at least once a week so that you can take care of God's people. We call the house church. You open extra room for the guest, missionary, or pastors, or people who need taking care of the poor and widows who need help. Because God has called you and I 
to feed and take care of the take care of his people. The word is a field of a sheep, like a sinner. God has called you and I to take care of them so they can become a shepherd, pastor. So how many pastors in Crossway? It's not just two or three, all of you. You're a pastor, just in different function. And Peter understood. And you read 1 Peter and 2 Peter. He's pouring out his heart, said, take care of the God's people. After Jesus spoke to Peter, take care of my sheep, tender my sheep. And Jesus summarized his talk with Peter in the, in, at the breakfast. says, follow me. Follow me is a maturity. You and I will never graduate from the school of discipleship. There's no graduation. My son just had a graduation a week ago at the, at the um, mass. Until he comes back or until we die. This morning, God is asking you and I to follow Christ. Because in our Bible says, Peter will glorify God. But Peter did not understand at that time. So Gospel of John, chapter 1, begins with the following Christ. The reason he came, became a flesh, dwell among us, and gave us a gospel of grace and truth so that we can follow him. Gospel of John begins with the following Christ. It is concluding with the following Christ. No matter how old you are or how young you are, no matter in what kind of situation you are facing, Jesus is asking, follow Christ. Greatest joy of our life, my wife and myself, is this, obeying Christ, to follow Christ. It's not the mission work that we do, even though we value that. The greatest joy for me in this planet Earth is that how can I comprehend God of the universe came and dwelt among us, dwell in my life, and he's asking us to grow, grow mature, to follow him. This morning, he's asking you and I to follow him, to follow him. Are you ready to follow Christ? Let me pray for you. Can you close your eyes? Father God, you are the God who brings turning points, not only in human history, not only in church history, but also in our personal life. Lord, we love you. Thank you for commissioning us to take care of your sheep and your people. We will do that, Lord, and we'll follow you. We'll follow you, and we'll obey you. May you bless brother and sister in Irvine and Crossway that we will be a community and the family of Christ who will follow Christ until you come back. In Jesus' name, amen.